This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Swansea has more McDonald's and clean sheets this season, so don't forget your Muck Nuggets are closer than you think with Muck Delivery. The only thing left to say is, you in? Order now in the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app are participating restaurants 18 plus rewards registration required points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for further details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome back to another Swanscast podcast. A bit overdue. I know we've been away for a while, but we're back to discuss the end of season four mainly. Um, I think it's been a little bit over a month since the last one we spoke after Cardiff. And we haven't lost a game since, so maybe we should have more of these long breaks because apparently that's when we decide to play our best football. Um, so, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about that. But Lee's here to join me once again for, I guess, Final sort of final podcast of the season. Obviously, we'll do some end of season stuff in the next couple of weeks, but a uh, final one talking about the actual ins and outs of the season, I guess. So, yeah, welcome, Lee. Hello, it's been a while. Yeah, been a while. Um, but yeah, so I guess let's just get stuck in straight away today. Then we it's been a long time talking about or without talking about football. So, since we last spoke, there's been well, actually, not since we last spoke, but. We won against Cardiff, obviously, when we spoke about that game, it was two wins on a bounce. But it's easy remembering, it's easy thinking now, oh, it's really good at the end of the season. We've we won't just missed out on the playoffs, all that sort of stuff. But when we were speaking last time, we, I guess, just scraped past Cardiff as a last-minute goal. We got a win over Bristol, which was 2-0. And that was, that was the win that kind of ended the long run of bad form. And then we backed it up with a win over Cardiff. So that's what I was trying to say is, it's easy to forget where we were then. Yeah. Because since then, we've won seven games in nine, and the two that we didn't win have been draws. So we've only dropped four points in nine games. Um, funnily enough, those four points would have got us into the playoffs. But, we, I, I mean, winning nine in a row would have been tall order, <laughs> especially after the form that we had displayed before the Bristol game. So... I guess we can perhaps dive into some of, some of the form that we we displayed since the Cardiff game. Any highlights that you want to try and focus in on? Yeah, high, main highlight was the brawl against uh, Pre- Preston. That was the main one in that. I, I forgot about that. We haven't discussed yeah. any of that. I forgot about that as well. But um, no, I think I think probably the best performance was Norwich away, going to Norwich and winning three nil. 
when they were in the playoff hunt as well, and just going and dismantling them. I think that was that was the, probably the best performance out of the lot. Because we never ever do well at Norwich. I can't remember what the stat was, but it's been so many games since we won away at Norwich, and to just go and dominate and like I know Russell Martin's old team as well. It's just that was I think that's the best result we had in that run. Yeah. So uh, the Norwich result. I mean, they had a red card, didn't they? But yeah. pre- we were two 0 up before the red card. I want to say. Um, yeah, I think so. I'll get it up for us now, just to discuss. I mean, we were in control before the red card. Yeah, two nil. So it was two nil in thirty nine minutes, and then um, just before half time, uh, Norwich get a red card. And I guess going in half time, two nil up with a man up. Whatever team talk Russell Martin had for that game, you just got to make sure you see that out to you. And they got a third goal, and 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 saw it over the line. I guess uh, assist Luke Candle and goal Oliver and Cham for the third goal. I want to talk about those two a little bit later on. Um, because part of the thing I want to discuss about this run of form is some of the players that have stepped up that perhaps I would only say have been absent all season, but probably seen the best of some of them in this last nine or so games. Um, but yeah, Norwich definitely a highlight. Um, let's go back to the Preston thing you mentioned. So, have you anything, ever seen anything like that on a football pitch? Or? That's brilliant. I've never, I've never seen a big brawl like that. It was like. There's always a bit of pushing and shoving in there, but that was serious. Like the people proper going in at each other there. So, so uh, I don't know what was said. We remember what happened exactly. So, yeah, I, I was know this is a little bit old, but it was quite a talking. Oh, yeah, I can remember. Uh, yeah, still remember it quite well. I remember. I first of all, I think like the ref was to blame because he let a lot go in the game, and it became both sides. You could see he was getting so niggly because he was letting a lot go. So. There was a lot of frustration. And then I think it was either Fulton or Manning was down on the floor. Fulton. Um, yeah, it was a head injury, wasn't it? Well, and... I mean, that's that's up for debate. I think a lot of people are debating whether he was, regardless whether he was or wasn't it in the head, he went down holding his head. And I guess by letter of the law, plus, well, the referee's yeah. got a... And I, can't I mean, he, he took like a shoulder or an elbow or something to the back of his neck, I think. That's yeah. what it looked like on the replay. That's why people are saying, oh, it's not a head injury, but you don't know where the contact's made and where he's landed and stuff, I guess. Yeah, and then I I can't remember, but I think like Russell Martin was like basically on the touchline, like screaming at the fourth official and the ref to like stop the game. And then I think a Preston player might have said something to Fulton while he was on the floor. Um, and then I remember like more of the Swansea bench coming like out towards the towards the playing surface after yeah. that. And then I think I could see then the Preston manager just come out and push Joe Allen. And then it was just like that. It's just comical, isn't it, to talk about? It was just a moment of like quiet where Joe Allen turns around and sees who it is. Yeah. And then it's a bit of a like a hesitation. And then Joe Allen just goes nuts, like runs at him. Um, and then it just all kicks off then. Yeah. Um, I mean... You said that looked like a Preston player said something to Felton on the floor. I heard that he spat on him, whether that's true or yeah, not. Yeah, I did hear that. Which is why the likes of Joe Allen and Kyle Norton yeah. as well, who I don't know if you mentioned Kyle Norton, yeah. got so irate on the touchline. Kyle Norton specifically got quite irate, I believe, um, and lost his cool. And if Joe Allen pushed or bumped into or whatever the Preston manager, he turned around and like hit him in the face. 
or there was some contact made with his hand and his face. Yeah. Um, and that's what started the mass brawl. Uh, there was also a video of uh, Kyle Norton restarting a second brawl afterwards. Now, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I have sources that um, directly inform me that he also got punched, which is why when he saw the person that that did that, um, is why he reacted that way. I don't want to say too much details, but yeah, that's basically what happened. His words were the kid punched me or something. Um, and he was, yeah, he said he'd, he'd never seen anything like that on a football pitch before. So he yeah, was cool a little bit, but um, he, he comes across as quite cool character, I think, on the pitch for us. Yeah, I think he always does. And, and Joe Allen as well. And they yeah, just... But his, his background <laughs> is quite... Um, you wouldn't want to mess with him on a night out. As <laughs> yeah. much as you don't see that side of him on a football pitch. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't realise that. So, uh, yeah. Nice to see it, though. There's a bit of passion, I guess. I mean, there's not a mixed response. You have people saying, oh, I love it, like um, a little bit of passion and all this. And then when you back that up with the win and the way that Peru celebrated afterwards as well, that was quite cool. But if it's the other way around and they get that moment, then it doesn't feel so good, does it? No, exactly. And then um, I think it galvanised us a bit. Because that, that game, we were 3-0 up, weren't we? And we were playing some of the best football we'd seen in ages. I think we were 3-0 up at half-time. And then they scored straight yeah. after half-time. Then they scored again. It was 3-2, and you're thinking, here we go again. We'd won a couple of games, and then it was it looked like it was going to be one of them games that we, like, you know, threw away again. And then that brawl happened, the 3-2, and I think it just galvanised the squad again. And then when we scored, um, like Russell Martin celebrated towards the Preston bench. And Perot, um, I think. He and Perot did. Yeah. And then I Even think that though, just... Did you see that video of Peru when it all happened and he just was not... Yeah, he's just like <laughs> just having a drink of water. Yeah. He was just like, yeah, no, I'm not even gonna get not even gonna get involved in he's this. Just an eyelid. He's just watching the old carnage and he's like, ah, just have a, have a chill bit. Yeah, I think I think it just brought the squad together after that. Because then the Norwich game was the game after that, which was probably the best performance of the season. So I don't yeah. know if that was a bit of a just a bit of a moment that got them going again because they played so well. Maybe it was running out a little bit, and that was another kick that just kept it going. But I loved it. I loved it. Well, no, I can say if the if the rumours are true, then I'm glad the way that the the players had that bite about them to to stick up for themselves. You know. Yeah, I was. And, trying the, man, to have... the, and the press, the manager coming out and like pushing Joe Allen and get involved is is ridiculous. So. Yeah. And I'm glad the way Russell Martin handled it as well. Like, yeah, the, the, some of the videos of like players going at him, and he's just like laughing at them. It's great. Yeah. Because he doesn't like he doesn't do anything wrong. He doesn't like get involved. He doesn't like raise his hands or anything. But he's just like he's he's he's, he's get, he is getting involved in a way, but not in a way that's going to get him in trouble. So, um, I also wanted to mention in regard. Well, I was looking at that, the the stuff that came from that. Um, I know we got fined. Their manager got banned, didn't he? Yeah. He had something. I know obviously Joe Allen got his red card, which meant he'll miss the rest of the season. I don't think um, none of our players got cited for anything afterwards, from what I could see. No, the, the Preston player did, though, for a punch, didn't he? Yeah. I think he might have been the one that punched Norton. Yeah. And we, um, needed, we needed Jordan Garrick back for that, for that role. Yeah, well, he, he didn't get seen since he punched someone, did he? So... <laughs> no, interesting. Um, Preston got fined fifteen thousand. 
Oh no, sorry, I'm lying. We got fined fifteen thousand, and Preston got fined ten thousand. Why? Why? Why is? Why would we find more? Is it because we were the home team? I don't know. Retaliation, probably. Both clubs were charged with failing to control their players and staff. Um, Lower's been given a three-match. Oh, he got a ten grand fine himself. Ah, right. Yeah, because he knew he was bad. What he did, like as a manager, you can't be doing that. Sports therapist Colin Ashcroft has been handed a one-match stadium ban and fined two hundred fifty pound. Is that the? I don't know. If, I don't even know. He's hours of Preston's. I don't know the sports. Sure. Someone let us know in the comments. Um, apologies for that one. But yes, yeah, I just thought it was funny. It's, it's not. It, it isn't. It isn't in different ways. I guess. But I guess overall, you don't really want to see it all the time. It was nice to see the passion, is what I should say. Yeah, that's what I mean. I like. I like to see us have a bit of bite about us because it's probably something you could say about us over the last like. Yeah five or six years really that we haven't had that edge so it was nice to see them uh, get stuck in a bit to be honest yeah like i saw some comments of people saying it's not um shouldn't be it's not setting a good example for the kids to watch in and stuff like that but and it does you don't see it happening in rugby it's like okay maybe it doesn't happen to the point where but no actually it does happen in rugby all the time let's yeah, be honest of course it does yeah, like of course it does yeah I, it's it compared to sport it's like, up, it? yeah um Okay, so that, that was that. Um, I wanted to, I'm going to mention with Liam Walsh a bit later on, but just while we're on Preston, just that assist he played for that last goal, throwing his body on the line, like fair play to him for that as well, I thought, because he got injured after that as well, didn't he? Yeah. He put himself out for a couple of games, so just because he's stretching. I mean, he's an injury-prone player, isn't he? But that was a vital vital touch there. Well, so. that spell that he came in to the team, he was brilliant. Yeah. I mean, he was brilliant against Bristol. He started against Cardiff and... I thought he was, you just kind of lifted that form, didn't he? he was, I, I thought he was yeah, brilliant. We, we didn't sign anyone in January, but he kind of acted like... Yeah, because he came back in. Yeah, We haven't we haven't played for a year in a Swan shirt to that point, other than in friendlies. Um, he only played three games for Hull, actually, when he went on loan there. So, fair play for him reviving his Swan's career because he's a player that potentially would have said was not really part of the plans, maybe on his way out in the summer. One wouldn't see him go now. No, no. If you can keep him fit, it's a great option. Yeah. Just that's, I guess that's the the vital thing in it, keeping him keeping him fit. Um, so looking at the the other fixtures, then the two draws came with a nil nil against Coventry at home, which was perhaps a bit disappointing, and a one all away at Hull. I believe we went one 0 down in that game as well, didn't we? Yeah, own goal. I went, I went to Hull as well. A bit of a trek, but uh, do you want to talk about your your day out? Yeah, it was good, pretty good day out to be honest. We decided last minute to go, so we drove up and back in the days out of a trek. But uh, that is no, it was good. Right. We saw um, we saw some of the players in the services on the way home as well who like didn't travel back with the team. Um, it was quite fun. They were friendly, all nice. Patterson and. Wood and Cabango. Next them with the fans. Selfies. No, no, no. Um, Just had said hello to do. Yeah, yeah. Well, there was, there was quite a few Swans fans in there as well. They, they were chatting to them, so they then they were friendly. So that was a uh, that was good. Um, I think they were going on a night out somewhere because they didn't go back with the team. They would come separately, so they were going somewhere. Um, but yeah, there was a lot. Well, there was a lot of trouble in Hull, wasn't there? 
that was uh that was fun so yeah well elaborate I'm, I'm yeah not myself obviously but i you think know, I, was, um, I was suffering to be fair right i don't want to be deemed clueless at this point i just i was on holiday in turkey that's why partially why we haven't done as many podcasts recently and i i had quite bad food poisoning on my return home and the health game was in that period where i was kind of out for count a little bit so wasn't yeah. really that bothered at the time yeah it was um there was trouble there was a bit of trouble in hell i wasn't think anybody was expecting it like swansea hell game and basically like not much to play for like maybe we had an outside chance to play off at that point but it was probably over after millwall had won on the friday night um i just don't i and i just don't think there were there were enough um stewards and police presence there to stop what was going on i think the fans yeah, were quite the fans close off at each other were they yeah yeah the fans were quite close to each other in the away in and the home end and i just did there wasn't enough people there like i remember like swans fans actually got across at one point and yeah it's just um and then it was after the game as well like, like i think unnecessary fans got into the away end i don't get stuff, it but... like it feels like it's going backwards a little bit in regards to like this sort of drama that's happening with the fans there seems to be more clubs like you had Cardiff was the one that you'd think all the time was a problem, but now I think Bristol's worse. When we went to like Reading, partially the fault of the stadium, but it just did not feel like a safe environment. To, you know, if you go in like with kids, for example, it would just, like you just wouldn't take them. I like I would never want to take like my my son there after seeing that. Um, you were saying this about going to Hull. Oh, since COVID, I, I don't get the whole one because yeah, it has since since COVID, it has gone up, hasn't it? Um, I I I can't really put my finger on it. I remember the first game back. I think we probably said this a million times on the podcast, but the first game back after COVID was the Sheffield United game. Well, it wasn't the first game. We had like the playoff final and stuff, but first full stadium was the Sheffield United game at home, and um, it was. There was loads of trouble outside in like Harvester and by the away end and stuff and that and then since then it just seems to be every week we had the Coventry game the nil nil where the Coventry fan ran across into the Swans home end um, and there was there was there was fight in there uh, I I don't know and I know like I and I don't want to be like too harsh but um, there was um, you know Swans fans were complaining about the stewarding but they were just as much to blame for the trouble i saw swans yeah. fans like pushing women stewards unnecessary it's like obviously but... you say swans fan like it's different it's, it's a small minority you see fans are throwing the bottles trouble. then it's a small minority of both teams whatever the teams are causing the trouble yeah um but it does put potentially like families and say when have the younger generation come to their support their local team and get interested and you know the people who are going to be coming in 10 20 years time like if it's a, it's, it's a shame that it is going backwards because i like going like to away games now um so i know again it's probably an age thing but i like going to away games now like we take it in turns to drive and we go and we have like a breakfast and maybe we have a couple of beers sometimes we stay if it's further away but i think like that's going to that's going to become like more dangerous to do like traveling on your own again um, we won't be allowed. Like you said, Cardiff, on. the Cardiff game is probably the safest one to go to because it's a bubble. Um, even though there's, you know, there's 
there's obviously the, the banter and the aggression, but like it just feels safer like than any other. I can't believe the game. I wasn't expecting at all. It just all kicked off. Yeah. And there were some people that got like caught up in it. Then I've seen videos on Twitter of like two Swans fans who were sort of caught behind the gate, um, and some Hull fans were like rushing them to try and hit them a couple of times, but they got away. But it wasn't those. You you know the type of people that are causing the trouble. The same yeah, with yeah, both yeah. sets of fans. I don't need to say it. Everybody knows. But it was the, it was just a small group of the Hull fans, a small group of Swans fans, all next to each other at the top of the home end. They go to the away game to look for that sort of stuff, and that's just like I don't know. Surely then you think how you can where you identify right it's these these people, and then but then I guess that's another issue in there if you have any sort of like well you can't, can't withhold them tickets because of. I don't know. Something should be put in place. I mean, maybe it isn't a bad thing. Maybe, maybe there's enough checks in place when you're buying stuff on like online these days. You've got a, you make an account to new to buy your away tickets, and you have the memberships and all of that sort of stuff. So, if you're caught doing something that you shouldn't be doing when you're in one of these away games, why can't they link it to that and be like, oh, "Hang on, you caused trouble last time." I don't know. Or are you kind of wounds? I don't know. Like, but then it's not. It's not a bad thing if you're stamping that out, is it? So. Like walking back from Bristol, like we we didn't get involved in any of the trouble in the away day of Bristol. But you're walking through the park and sirens everywhere, police everywhere, police chasing people. We saw someone get hit by a by a policeman with a bat on, like just just ridiculous. I won't be surprised if Bristol is going to be a bubble again soon because I'm surprised it isn't because the last couple of times I've been is always trouble. Yeah, there we go. There we are. That's how. And obviously the West Brom game, the last game of the season. I mean, we'll go from West Brom to talk about Joe Pro a little bit. But he got his twentieth goal of the season with like a ninety-plus minute free kick. He said his target was to get to twenty, and he left it to like the last moment to do it. So nineteen, he got in the end, was it, or did he get dead on twenty? No, twenty. That was his twentieth goal in the league. Ah, oh, fair. Fair. Because he's he's the first player since Jason Scotland to score twenty goals in back to back seasons. I might be actually it's twenty goals for the season. I think it might be nineteen in the league. You are right. Oh, nineteen league goals, yeah, but twenty yeah. overall. Yeah, I think he scored one in one of the cups. Can't remember which one. Probably the Carabao was it. Can't remember. I shall I'll find out for you anyway. But yeah, what do you think about well Joel Perot then? Yeah, 19 league goals was found in there confirmed. Yeah, he was uh well particularly in the last nine games, he was brilliant, wasn't he? Against he could have had he could have had like a hat trick or more against Hull, wasn't it? Uh, no, Hull, sorry, Wigan away when we totally dominated that game as well. He could have he could have had a few more. Um and he was brilliant for like all 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 the rest of the seasons, particularly in those last nine games. He was just seemed to be back to himself. Like any chance he was getting, he seemed to be burying. Um, like he scored a really good goal against Cardiff in the away. It was a bit of a screamer. Where he just smashes it, and that free kick he scored was like, "Where's that been all season?" I don't think we've scored directly from a free I think kick. He's been taking free kicks, has he? No, I you know exactly. And that was lovely, right in the corner. Um, yeah. But I don't know if it's like he's played himself into the window again in the last couple of games. And we were slating um, him at the early part of the season when we were saying that his form had dropped. He yeah, wasn't but, looking the same. But it had, though. He wasn't good at the beginning of the season. Again. 
Yeah, but he wasn't good at the beginning of the season, was he? Well, like, no, I don't think I... we were wrong in saying that. No, no, maybe and then not. He's hit four is like the season. whole season, back to back yeah. twenty goals in the championship. We said last year, like yeah. maybe people don't want to take a punt on a one season twenty goal player. See how he does the second year. You know, maybe he'll only score like ten this time, and he's not quite that player you thought he was. But he's got twenty again. So now, yeah, maybe that bigger money is like, well, maybe it's not so much of a risk. Yeah, and I think. Um... I think he's going to be an easy target for uh, particularly teams that come down, that get relegated. I think they'll just go, oh, we need someone who scores 20 goals in the championship. Oh, you've done it two years in a row. We'll have him with all the parachute money they've got. So, yeah. And that, that's easy enough. I think like Southampton have been linked with him anyway, and they look like they're set to come down. He's been linked with Leicester before, and they might come down. Uh so I I'd be very surprised if he's here next year, which is a shame. Is he? He's also got his contract expiring next. Is it next summer or the year after? He is next summer. Yeah, he's got a year left, I think. Yeah. So, if you have got interest, like, what do you do? Because you risk losing. He's already been offered a new contract, I believe, last summer that he didn't want to sign. I'd imagine you ask the question again now. If he's gonna, you'd, but yeah, he's done two twenty goal seasons, and he said no last year. I can't imagine he's gonna say yes now, unless there's a significant. No, amount I don't money. think so. And then if you don't tie him down and you I keep him, so. you run the risk of like you have to go up to keep him. Then that's yeah. the only way. Um, so what do you do? Yeah. Bear in mind that we well, not talk in detail about the accounts today. A twelve million loss last season. In in, in yeah. Well, I think from a, from a business so. standpoint, yeah, from a business standpoint, you'd have to let him go now, new, especially if a big fee comes in, like north of ten million, you probably got to take it. But you know, I, be, you know, sometimes you have to speculate. You know, I think if they could yeah. invest in the squad that we've got now and keep Pro for another season, do we have a good chance of going up next year? Maybe. So I I don't know, but it depends who else we could bring in. If realistically they're not going to bring in another couple of players, then you, you may as well sell him and you can use that to bring players in. So I I don't know. Be interesting. We'll talk more in depth about this sort of stuff in the, in one of the summer episodes about player ins and how someone might go on here. Um, but yeah, he's definitely going to be subject to interest. Martin did come out and say it would need to be. A significant fee um, for him to leave. What does that mean? What's a significant fee mean? With the players only got one year left as well. It depends. You need a striker. Minimum of ten. It's got to be minimum of ten. Yeah, it depends. You need a striker. Yeah, I was at minimum minimum ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just hard to push it up, isn't it, with the the contract situation? Yeah, I know. That's the thing, but. I, I don't know. I think anybody who needs a striker um, that comes down. I, I don't know. A lot, well, a lot of teams that come down lose their strikers, don't they? Because if they want to stay in the Premier League. But it's just easy target, like I said. He scored 20 goals two Even years in a row. Like, um, maybe not Burnley, but... Sheffield well, United. Yeah, done it before. They've got, they've got a couple of strikers, haven't they? But Burnley's out of contract in the summer. Maybe we do a swap. 
well, it wouldn't be a swap if it's free. We'll have a, you know, well, that's true, yeah. Maybe that would be something they would look at. signed, though, but I don't know how much he's played for them, really. I think he, well, he did have a good run of form, didn't he? He got, he picked up an injury then, but he had a, he had a, he had a few game spell there, but he was scoring quite a lot. Yeah. So I think he's done quite well. But you look at the teams in the playoffs. So I mean, you could probably do with a striker, couldn't they? Like I know Middlesbrough have got Akpom and Luton have got Morris. Uh, Coventry have got Giorgares. I, I can't believe them for. Do you know Giorgares has scored loads of goals in the last two years? I didn't realise. Yeah. He's only like four goals behind Perot. Yeah, West Ham were looking at him, weren't they? Yeah, but like this is the player that everyone absolutely shafted when he was here. Like Carto, sort of. Um... He just like didn't fit into the way we played, did he? Mm. He just didn't really. Yeah. It just didn't really fit the Steve jigsaw, Cooper, did he? But then... it was Steve Cooper. You think? You think you would have been able to get a tune out of him because it's not like you have played tic tac under Steve Cooper. No, yeah, I don't know, but we had Ayu then, didn't we? Was it, or was it in the first year? No, it was I can't remember. Brewster, wasn't it? I don't know. Actually. Yeah. It might not have been. Anyway, I he just didn't. He didn't really fit, did he? No. <laughs> but it's a shame. But any any one of those teams that go up could um could do with him. Sunderland. I can't believe Luton finished third. Fair play to them. I, well, I don't know where we're going to move on to, but like, I just want to say, and there's no disrespect to any of the teams, but I think the championship is poor. Yeah, I think it's been so poor this year. I mean, the fact that we need we finished three points outside the playoffs in the end, and you think like, when you've watched our whole season, we were nowhere near a playoff team of the past. Like, you think of like when we got into the playoffs previously, like before we went up, you think like. There were some good teams in that championship. We finished ahead of Watford and Norwich, which has been nuts. But that's why that's why I don't like these sort of points comparisons when people are like, "Oh, look, we had this many more points this season than we did like two or three years ago or something." I think the championship quality is way way down than what it used to be. It's just weird, isn't it? Like, look at QPR; they looked like they were going to potentially challenge to go up this season, and they just just about didn't go down. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I'd be tempted to be like, when I come back to like Perot now, that's why I'd be tempted to be like, if you can put a half-decent squad together, like keep Perot, I know Manning's going to go, but like if you can put a half-decent squad together, I think top six is achievable. Um, I just, I don't know. There's just not many. How many teams have come down to the stadium this year and I thought, oh man, this is a good team. Like you can see it sometimes. Maybe only Burnley. Even when Sheffield United came down, probably should have beaten them um, and they scored last minute didn't they and we lost 1-0 um, and that was just a mistake um, and not many teams have come down and been spectacular so I think yeah I, n- none of the teams that played at the, um, I was going to say the Liberty at the Swansea.com this year normally a team comes down and you think oh they're really good like they you know this is a top side I think only Burnley maybe when they played us just after Christmas when I came down and I thought oh yeah this is a good side but yeah. apart from that Sheffield United, we could have beaten them. It was nil-nil, and they scored in the last minute with a mistake. Uh, and I just think if you can have a, if you can get a good squad together and get a bit of form together, like realistically, we could have sneaked into the playoffs there. And with the form we were in, we might have won it. Like I know it's, I know it's ifs and buts, but going into it, say like unbeaten in nine, you know, we, who, who knows? And you think yeah. like our, like our team this year. 
getting promoted the way we've played like like on average across the season there's no way we were a, a playoff team first team in quite a while to get over 100 points in a championship Burnley yeah yeah um, but yeah focusing back on our players then so I just wanted to like look at obviously we mentioned Perot and his situation Liam Cullen since January has had quite a good run of form he finished the season on eight goals uh, joint second place goal scorer actually with um, Cham, which is I mean and to be fair Cham is another one I was going to speak about and I'm as pleasantly surprised because he hasn't really been a massive feature until this last run in the squad all year I don't think you think of that many starts the first half of the season uh, to finish like with, with that many goals when he turns up, you know, he offers something. But yeah, Liam Liam Cullen, his contract's also out next next summer. Um, it's two strikers. They've got one year left on the deal. Yep. What, what are we saying about Liam Cullen then? Is he going to extend? Like, what's uh, are we are we happy with with his development and like where he's going with the team? Yeah, I like him a lot. I think this was sort of a breakout season for him. Really, I think it was going to come before, wasn't it? When uh... Cooper was here, and then he got it. You think he's, did he score a hat? He scored, he scored a hat trick, did he? he scored two, two against, against Forest, Forest and got injured, in the he? cup, and then he got injured. So I think like it's been coming, and it's good that it's happened. And I think he offers something different to what like Perot does because he sort of just gets on the end, you know, gets those like two yard tappings, the headers. He's always at the right place. I think that's a different type of striker that we do need uh, that can come up with a goal. Yeah, he's the guy that the red card against Norwich, isn't it, as well? Yeah, did, run, yeah. Run through. yeah, did. Um, and he scored against he scored against QPR away, was it? And he was flagged. No, no, it was Luton away. Luton away, <clears throat> where he, he made a lovely run and finished, and then it was called for offside, but it was never offside. Um, so I think I think this year has been a really good breakout season for him, considering he was like not really in the squad until what January. Maybe just a bit before Christmas, maybe. Yeah, till um, he started throwing his toys at the prime after. But... Yeah, so he wasn't really in the in the show then, and then he was kind of in, and then he was on the bench, then he was in bench, come off the bench. So for him to then get eight goals in the season, I think is a good return. So I think, but I I, I don't think you can, I don't think you can realistically have him as your sole striker. He's not, I don't think he's going to get you twenty goals a season like Perot does. But I think to have like him complimenting someone like Perot, I think is good option yeah so hopefully he gets tied down i mean russell martin was was kind of criticizing the club for not learning from their past mistakes with these contracts running now because there's quite a few again for next summer a few first teamers another one um i am surprised at a little bit nathan wood who has been having a lot of plaudits recently for his first season here interest potentially from arsenal or tottenham being spoken about in the media whether that's true or not who knows we only signed him on a two-year deal, so his summer's out. Is his contract's out next summer as well? And and when you've got clubs like that that are sniffing around, I actually am not that worried that he'll go in the summer. If he's only got one year, he's twenty years old, so they would happily wait another year. Um, if they probably be, he would be informed, wouldn't he? That oh yeah, if, if if you don't sign on, we'll have a look at you next year. Like, he'd know that was the situation. So if he knew about that, then he's obviously not going to, he's not going to rush to sign a new deal here, is he? No. 
Yeah, it's a shame because it just seems like we've got to start all over again all the time. We just need a level of consistency. Like I'd have loved. I know we. I know we couldn't. And in all fairness, I'm. I'm happy. Russell Martin came out and said about man in the knee after the Norwich game and said the money he wants is not in the wage structure. So that's fair enough. I can accept that. If he wants money that's not within our sort of budget structure, then that's fair enough. It's, it's annoying. But, um, you, you know, you can't sort of break the bank to sign players. You don't want to get yourself sort of in in in, in deep waters. But And then he said about, you know, but we can afford like Lata Bodia, didn't he? So we should sign him. Um, so I think that's what he wants. I think he just wants like a bit of consistency where we get... We get a yeah. squad in for like long-term deals, you know. Like if he can sign the players he wants now, and it's like three-year deals, he's got three years to work with the players with some ins and outs. Um, then, then I think that's important. But it's so frustrating because I'd love to have kept like Manning now for like say we signed him for three years and then we got Pro up for another two years. Um, I think we'd be in like Fulton signed a new contract, doesn't he? Yeah. And then if you can sort of chop and change, where I think like. Whitaker will go. Um, you know, maybe Norton will obviously retire, and we sign it. We, we need well, to sign another he's been, he, he's, he have been offered something. I don't know what. Oh, right, okay. Well, Martin was saying you saying they offered they've offered all three. Um, I just don't know what. I don't know. If, I don't think I don't know if it's really playing capacity. I don't know what it is. Um, not sure how interested he is in other sides of things, to be honest, but. Just don't want to have a summer where we're like restarting again all the time because you know players are going all the time and you've got to replace them. Uh, obviously, that's going to ha- that's going to happen where there's turnover every summer, but not where you lose like some of your top players every season. You need to have two or three yeah. years of consistency. But I think is... we do need to sell someone for the way that our finances operate. Yeah, which is a shame. Um, don't know who that would be at the moment because the ones that you want to put a part of there, a couple of them are in the last year. Uh, anyway, the, the other players that are running out next summer in Cham, Joe Allen, Patterson, Stephen Bender, and Liam Walsh as well. So, some of them, I, I mean, a couple of them you think would be quite straight forward. Patterson, I don't know if you would re sign him when he's 32. Um, and he's been a bit up and down, even with his like um, mentality or his like commitment, I guess. You got Liam Walsh, which his injury record. He probably, if you offer him a new deal, I can't imagine he's going to shy away from it. Yeah, no, I think they, I think they'll probably hold out as well to see what he does this season. Like if he has another season, yeah, where he plays like three or four games, then it's it's not worth offering him a contract, is it? And Cham. Is a weird one because if he can display the form he displayed in that last nine game period all year, then that's a no brainer. But I feel like that's the most consistent I've seen him since he's been in a Swan shirt, where he's off so something. He's such a good player. Like he is a he's a great player, and then he just doesn't do it for like ten games. And then, like you said, the last nine games he was absolutely brilliant. Where sometimes he's unplayable. So. Yeah, I think I think I think he's I think he's worth another contract though. He's a good squad player, I guess, if nothing. I mean, if he's on it, he's a first teamer, and if not, he's a right to have around and he just in case he decides to turn up. Um yeah. 
for eight goals from someone that haven't played consistently in the first team from midfield is is exactly. good. Uh, I guess so. Yeah, you can't argue with that. Um, he scored a couple of goals in this last run as well, didn't he? Got a couple of assists. Yeah. Seems to be always from outside the box as well. Oh, the goal he scored against Norwich was lovely. That first touch to, to get away from the defender and then poke it through the goalkeeper's legs. That was a great goal, that was. And waiting for him to injure himself in his celebration. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's quite good, isn't it? <laughs> um, obviously, Stephen Bender, I'd imagine, again, if we, if we offer him a deal, he'd probably take it. First team goalie, and if not, we need another goalie, I guess, or two. Although Andy Fisher, I think, has been making improvements. He's been fine. He's been fine since um, since the mistake against Millwall, wasn't it? I don't think he's made an. Um, can't remember, but I don't think he's made another. We should mistake. have saved. Was the Cardiff one? Oh yeah, the Cardiff one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one was straight at him, but. I think overall, since then, in that this like last period, he's been quite solid, isn't he? Yeah. So I think he's good as a two, isn't he? I think he's good as a two, and then get Bender back in the number one shirt. Yeah, I'm not yeah, sure about 34-year-old Joe Allen. I, I well, I, I, you wouldn't. That's sign one him of them. You give contract. him an extension at the end of the year, maybe if he's still alright. Yeah, but I think he'd be good for another season. I think like last season was sort of. Just, I think last season was built around getting him fit for the World Cup, and then, and then he came back and he was injured again. So hopefully now full summer, full summer of rest. Yeah, he retired. He retired from Wales, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought he did. So I was just, just, just I think so. There's going to be no international breaks for him now. Just clean slate, get him fit. If he can have like a full season, I know he won't play 90 minutes every game, but if he can have a full season fit, then. Uh, I'll be good because he was brilliant. Then that Preston game, I know he got a red card after, but that was the best he played since he'd come back. He scored the knee as well. In, he scored the goal in the first half. Scored a lovely yeah. goal. And it was easily the best he's played since he's come back. Like the second time, he was absolutely brilliant in that first half against Preston. <laughs> it was a shame he got the red card because then he missed the rest of the season. But he was so he was so good in that game. wonder if that would have made a bit of a difference. But... Well, you know, we still won seven out of nine, drawn two. I can't really make much of a difference. Because we'd but... already lost to Coventry before that. I'm drawn, sorry, against Coventry. Yeah, but that um, he was brilliant. Like he was, he was everywhere, winning the ball everywhere, playing some passes, scored the goal. I was like, oh, this was like the Joe Allen of old. And then obviously you can only do that for sixty-five minutes. But still, if you can get sixty-five minutes of that performance out of him, like every yeah. week, then great. Um. Okay. That's why I don't think our squad is that far off. This is what it's I was trying to say before. Extra. We need a couple more in a couple. We need just a little bit. Right but this back. is what I was trying to say when everybody was like, "Oh, Russell Martin hasn't got a squad to work with." I think we do. We we did have, a, and he showed in the last nine games. Yeah, we did have is, a good enough squad. When they was going tough, there wasn't anyone to bring out and bring in. Was there? That's the point. I think when they say squad, I I I, I think it's there. When they I all, think... are all on it. They're all on it. It's just when you like aren't. Who are you going to drop? You couldn't drop half of them. No, but we had a few injuries, didn't we? Because like now, you look at the midfield. You got well. I know like Kundal has gone back from his loan now. I wouldn't mind having him back actually. But you've got like Kundal, Allen, Cooper, Fulton, Grimes, and Cham Walsh. Yeah, I've forgotten him. And Pat, well, Patterson maybe. I'd like but a that's a little bit of pace, I think. And, and a that's seven. That's seven midfielders, eh? 
in the wing back areas, they're going to be an issue because man and Lati go in unknown. Yeah, that's and a problem. Sorinola. That is a problem. Uh, so that's where the that's where the focus needs to be anyway. Um, yeah. Speaking of Kundal, yeah, he's gone back, but he ended the season with a bang with two goals in the last couple of games. Yeah, scored against Hull. Was a nice goal as well. And he we scored against West Brom, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So, in all fairness. Yeah, settle in. I mean, I called him a couple of times this season for just kind of being there. Not really doing much, but I think, you know, he's a youngster and he's learning. So he's he's ended the season well and uh, been part of that good runner form at the end. So fair play, fair play to him. I won't yeah. mind taking him back again. It just bolsters the squad, you know, like even if he's on loan again. He was here last year, a bit of consistency. Um, you know he's not going to start week in, week out probably, but he's a good one to rotate in and out of the team. And he's not going to have a problem with that because he's still learning. Kind of kept Ollie Cooper out for a while because we didn't really see much of Ollie Cooper in the last uh, ten, like nine or ten games. He didn't play that much. He had a couple of appearances off the bench, but hardly seen him. Yeah, he got injury and then the the phone picked up. So yeah, I hardly, hardly saw him. Um, yeah, in the last couple of games, but um, yeah, I liked Kendall. But Wolves are staying up and they they're not going to get relegated. So um, is he going to go straight into their team? Well, they're on about buying that. Uh... Fatty from us, um, Arsenal, Barcelona. So, although they're sending Ruben Neves the other way, apparently in part of that deal. So maybe gap is there in midfield. I just don't. If if um, what's his name? That's in Forest now. Gibbs White. Yeah, he couldn't. He couldn't get into the Wolves team. I don't know if Kendall is as good as Gibbs White. I don't know. Let's see where they see. I don't think we, we won't be able to buy him anyway. I don't imagine, but uh, yeah, let's see what happens. Uh, the last one in Whitaker. So uh, it just hasn't happened, does it? Since he tried reintegrating him, no, no, I think he's cool. Plymouth are interested in making that deal. Uh, Rangers are still sniffing around, not sure how interested they are now compared to what they were. Um, just I don't know. I just I just don't see it. I mean, he, he probably is. And when he played to Plymouth, he probably saw a different Whitaker, but he has not done it for me in a Swans shirt. No, I can't say I'm a massive fan to be honest. I know he scored a goal against Rotherham, was he? Like really all in the really early was, on in the game. Yeah, but it was a bit lucky. It was yeah, like but the corner went back in and yeah. But I'm saying like I I think in the last like nine games as well, I don't think he even played, did he? Um, a couple of late cameos, I think, but like, yeah. but when you're playing in that, when you're in that form, you're scoring a lot of goals. Because I have wrote it down, we scored. Um, I did write it down didn't work. We scored like 19 goals, I think, in the last nine games, something like that. And he's meant to be this exciting attacker that can't get on the pitch. I mean, people might say Russell Martin, I'm giving him a chance. He sees him in training every day, isn't he? So. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not gonna, probably not gonna lose a lot of sleep over him leaving. Um, but you know, if he goes to Plymouth, he's definitely scoring against us next year. Probably. Maybe we just haven't. It, it's just it's one of them clubs that he's a good player, just done fit you. But then, yeah, see what happens if he does go. Um, cool. Right. So, what is there to say then? Uh, too little, too late. What? What? What results maybe could have changed the outcome? Like you said earlier, we finished four points 
off the playoffs. Um, Russell Martin back from the dead. Yeah, I think in the last in the last nine games, we were what we were all hoping to see because uh, they were they were brilliant in some of those games. But I don't think I don't think you can ever realistically recover from like a form that we had. Like what was it, three wins in twenty three or whatever it was? I don't think you can ever hope to like recover anything from a season where we had that that run of games. Um, but then I think like. You know the two. I we had a couple of last-minute winners. We had a couple of last-minute goals conceded. But like where we were two-nil up against Millwall in injury time and conceded two own goals, that's inexcusable. And then the Birmingham game where we were three-two up, I think, in two injury up, time. I think we lost four-three, didn't we? So I think oh, we were three. Yeah, yeah. We were three-two up, and they scored two in injury time. Whereas like we should have won both of those games. So that was that's four points. No, five points. Five points, sorry, yeah. My maths is off on a Friday afternoon. Yeah, you're right. It's right to five highlight points like lost what you there. said. Some last-minute winners, some last-minute equalizers, four who against us. Yeah, we had a few last-minute winners this year. Didn't yeah, we? but that's what I'm saying. Right to highlight that, but scoring, like, that's fine. They happen in a season for all teams and it equals out. Yeah, I get that. Put that to one side. But the two that you spoke about yeah. is a two-goal swing in injury time. Yeah. And that's that's right. That's why I picked those ones. I don't think that's... that's one of them ones you can say balances out. It's like no, no, no. We should no. have protected that. You can see the first goal. You still win against Millwall, and you still draw against Birmingham, which would be a three point plus um, on what we actually ended up with, which still sees us out of the playoffs. But you have something to play for against Hull, perhaps then, because you're right in the mix. Maybe that that's a bit different then all of a sudden because you know the, yeah. the Millwall result killed that Hull game a little bit and we drew the Millwall result the night before. However, if we were three points better off of that position, a win might have put us into the playoffs. Like yeah. you don't know what the I can't I can't say, for example, what for sure what the picture would have been at that time now. Um but, but yeah, like if we'd beaten Hell, I guess it would have wouldn't it? it would have been uh, five points total up then. Yeah. So those two games, I guess, are two massive. Um, yeah, that's why I picked those two games because I think. Yeah, that's why I picked those two games because they were, like, just unbelievable. <laughs> like we should never have, like, drawn the not the middle game and lost two home goals in injury time, and so Millwall we as well. We were, we're going well. to the playoffs. They didn't, even, they didn't even look like threatening. That was bad. Yeah, those two games. But then you know when you look at the form, like after the World Cup. Until we started picking up form, we were we were dreadful in some games as well. Yeah, anything in that period could have saved, could have could have got us over the line. Yeah, you know, you're talking like even just a draw or one win in in that period where we didn't win hardly any games. You know, it would have taken anything. But there so, we go. I think, but again, like I don't think we were a team that should have been near the playoffs anyway. But it, I think it is a, you know, it is part of a mischance when you look back in hindsight. Yeah. Do you think he deserves a new deal? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I think he deserves another deal. I don't think he's hasn't. It's been like a lot of um, like up, ups and downs, isn't there? Like I know, like the January transfer window. Uh, I think he deserves a new deal because I think that you can see there's there's real potential there, especially like with the way the, the season finished and some games in the season and some games last season where you can see there's there is real potential for us to do something with Russell Martin but 
I do think it's kind of got to happen now in his next contract. If they give him a new contract, it's got to happen. Um, depending on if they, they do actually back him and it's not just like a fire sale again. But again, if he didn't, if he didn't sort of throw his toys out of the pram in January and like lose it a bit for about four or five games, then we might have got into the playoffs. Um, yeah. So, but but I, I don't know. I I I not uh, I not 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 too critical of him because I think I think he's one of the best managers out there at the moment. I don't think um, I think there's anyone else out there that's that's better than him for us. Especially the way that we're starting to play, but um, I think we need to see it consistently, consistently next season. Yeah, if definitely. we if we do if we do that, we'd be we'd be top sixteen. Yeah, so like I, I said, nine, nineteen goals scored and seven conceded in the last nine matches. That's more yeah. what you want to see. Brilliant. That's yeah, brilliant. Nineteen goals in nine matches is is really good. Uh, it's different. It. It's different from last season as well because we we had a good spell last season, like sort of up until like the middle of April after we beat Cardiff, we did the, the first double. And then for the rest of that season, we really tailed off. But we were like, I think it's we lost like 5-0 like... to Fulham. And then we were 3-0 up against Bournemouth and drew 3 all. Yeah. And then we took that into next season. We took that into the beginning of this season where we didn't start very well. But now if they build on this really strong finish that they've had at the end of this season into next year, then it could be, uh, could be dangerous. It's like this season's like the two Cardiff games and in between was rubbish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's mad. Because we had like six or seven draws in a row after the first Cardiff game. Any of them yeah. being wins would have sorted us out. Yeah, Anyway, exactly. speaking of Russell Martin having a new contract, there is potentially discussions going on, but new man that might be making that decision now, Andy Coleman, new chairman, um, apparently invested some form of money million plus into the into the club to be to get that position some speculation around winter and wherever the silverstone was there silverstein what's his name yeah, Leaving, which is yet to be confirmed and a dodgy statement released after that speculation as well from from andy coleman which i don't know what to say about that really is very it, i can't believe it's still up like it's just it looks out of place on an official club's website Weird. I just like no idea what was going on there. Really baffled with it. Not the best start, is it? No. And yeah, to, to to release like an official statement through the um, you know, through the through the official platform. Sorry, it wasn't Silverstein. It was Josh Marsh. My bad. Josh Marsh. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So once you say AFC believes that people matter, I believe that people matter. I am extremely disappointed by recent speculation in the media regarding Julian Winter and Josh Marsh. That is just not okay, and it's simply something I cannot let stand. That's the sentence, isn't it? Yeah. That is just not okay, and it's simply something I cannot let stand. Like, you you start the statement off, going into a grammar lesson here, Swansea City AFC believes that people matter. So you're talking about, like, Swansea as a club, as a collective. Yeah. And then you go on to say, I believe people matter. But then later on, he's saying that is just not okay. And it's simply something I cannot let stand. What's the club? We're not talking about the club anymore, then. Like, it's just not a good written piece at all, in the slightest. Um, yeah. We as a club, and then going back to club, we as a club will always support our community members when wronged. 
went wrong. <laughs> just language yeah. is just not professional. So I'm assuming we, I, we, I guess we never know, but we're assuming it comes from the Ian Mitchell Moore's thing, wasn't it? That he said that potentially. Yeah, and like, I don't want to speculate. Was leaving. Like obviously he's announced he's not he's leaving Wales online, and I, I, it's not nice to see anyone. If it is because of this, and then he's he's lost his job, like that's sad to see. I hope that isn't the case. He he seemed to write in his in his departing statement saying he was going to be doing freelance work. So I wish him all the best. Um, and I'd imagine when he put that piece out, it was never intended to be like. You must have done it thinking that that was the case. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So it's just weird because no one really knows what's going on. It's not like it's not like the sort of rumors out there that everyone takes as like we know that is the case, but obviously it's a rumor. No one really knows what's going on. So for this statement to be put out there and no one still knows what's going on, it's just weird. Because if people yeah. didn't know, then you didn't need to say anything really. Exactly. Unless someone does know, I mean, you can inform us below uh, in the comments. Yeah. I, as far as I'm aware, it's all speculation, and no one really is um, sure. But I mean, we talked about his appointment. We haven't really talked about his appointment. We just talked about the action that he immediately took. That's like, only the second like, day. Yeah. Um, he did obviously um, come and join the club. He's been described as a seasoned, successful business executive, so not a football person. Yeah. Hopefully he's like Ryan Reynolds, eh? Yeah, I, it's another it's one of them, isn't it? Business. <laughs> business people everywhere around the club. Yeah. Coleman has acquired a significant shareholding in the football club, been approved by the EFL, and will act as operating partner of the club's majority ownership group. Um, he will now assume day-to-day -day responsibility for running of the club, and will also be moving to Swansea, to provide on the ground leadership to help drive the club forward. But like, what was Julian Winter's job then? Because I thought he was meant to be the guy over here for the Americans. And now this guy's going to be the new chairman and they're kind of pitching it as this guy will be living over here to run the club from here. Yeah, I, I don't know. So my question is, because we missed out on transfers in January primarily, or didn't get any action done because of our the way our structure is of the process of signing players. So it will go to like Jason Levin's desk or whatever his name is, Levine. Yeah, Jason Levine's Levine. desk. Um, and he's busy now. He's, he's got a lot of stuff on. He's in America. Time zones, time differences. So like that that plays an impact in what's going on, um, and it slows it all down. Because of that, because of all his other endeavours and because like he's got DC United, he's got other clubs in different sports. Um, but also the time so say say now you're sending it off to him, it's probably like the beginning of his day. You might not get mm -hmm. to it for hours and then you're not in work, do you know what I mean? So you're not dealing with it till tomorrow and on transfer deadline day, that's probably like a massive issue. Not that you should be leaving it that late. But is this guy now gonna make those decisions when it comes to like freeing the funds up? Because again, I think from what Russell Martin was saying before, like it'll go to Jason. He will do his due diligence and have whatever team he has to go and like run the reports, get stats on the player before he ultimately then makes a final decision on whether they want to invest in that player rather than the manager just saying, I want this guy. Like it will go to him, right? I want this guy. And then a week or two later, after he's got all the information, he'll make that decision. Yeah. Well, I just, 
I, I don't know. Is this guy and now going to speed that process is, up and get involved? And this is the worrying thing. Like the the running of our club and the, the hierarchy is really grey, isn't it? <clears throat> this is quite yeah. worrying because it's just it's just a mess. Like, you know, new person here has got shares. Then, like, someone else is doing a different job. Then someone's doing something. There's, like, a new new title created to do something. I, 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 I don't know. It's a bit it's a bit worrying for me, to be honest. It might might be a good thing. But I just don't like all this chopping and chewing. Take about consistency on the pitch. Like, what is going on behind the scenes? Like, at board level. Like, we need a bit of consistency there, don't we? Where we actually know what's going on. Yeah. And then, like you said, he comes out then. He's come in. We're not sure what he's doing. We're not really sure what Winter's doing. Then he comes out with a statement. And it's just like, oh, my God, what a mess. Yes. Um... Hopefully hopefully it is done in, you know, with a view of making things better. I think Learning that's the from last year. isn't it? It's so well, like if, if that's the case, then then we can be optimistic. But I, I don't know. The summer, will, the, sum, the summer transfer window will let us know everything... We need to know about what's changed, because um, if like you know, Pro is going to go, Manning's gone, our loans are gone. Uh, you know, I'm sure we'll 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 wait and see what happens there when the transfer window shuts uh, in August. We'll know, we'll kind of know where we are again with the owners for the for the season. Yeah. Well, we'll wait and see. Um, any final thoughts on him then before we end? No, not much to be honest. I think uh, I did feel a bit gutted that anything just on the season. I was just really gutted that we weren't in it on the last day in any capacity. Even if we were just like real outside chance where we needed like a goal swing. We've had that before. You can't be. You can't be so selfish. No, you know, and even if we didn't get in, I mean, it just would have been great because that last day atmosphere where like it was great in the stadium because like at one at one point West Brom were in. Because they were one 0 up, they scored quite early, didn't they? And they and they were in because Millwall and Blackburn were drawing and Sunderland weren't winning, and they were in, and that was bouncing because they were in. Then they were back out, and then they were cheering for Blackburn. I was thinking, oh, if we were in this mix playing West Brom as well, like both of us in the mix, it just would have been great just to be have something on the final day. You should have gone to Red in three years ago, whenever it was, two years ago, three years. Ago. Yeah, there was no fans, was there? It was just empty stadiums. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there we go. Yeah. Um, anyway, we'll be back soon. I don't want to put a date on it. Maybe next week, maybe the week after. We'll review the season. We'll review our early season table. I haven't actually looked at it in comparison yet, but we'll do that in the next video. I can't remember what we did. I can't remember how bad or good we've done. Probably bad. I, I definitely know we didn't have um, like Coventry and Luton probably in the playoffs. Yeah, I don't think we did. I think. I want to say though, I think we had Swan sneaking in the last playoff space. So yeah, I think we had Middlesbrough from there. So maybe we had Middlesbrough details. We were not so. too bad. And Sheffield, we had Sheffield up there somewhere. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to seeing that because I can't remember what we did, but I don't think it's going to be as bad as we think. Mm, we'll see. We'll see. Unless we had like Luton getting relegated, in which case, that's not that episode. That far. Um, <laughs> what else we got to talk about? Maybe we'll dive into some of the finances if we can find anything interesting there. Have a look at the shape of the squad in a bit more detail. Where um, maybe we'll do like a player rating. That'll be quite fun. I guess we can rate their seasons individually and the impact they've had and any key moments that we can remember. Um, 
yeah, a lot to do, and I guess there'll be more news that comes out as we go along. There's been quite a lot of news the last couple of weeks that we've probably missed talking about in this video because of the overdue um, <laughs> release. But yeah, we'll get back to it. So thanks as always for listening, and we shall catch you in the next one. See you soon. Sports Social Podcast Network. The match has just finished, and you're on your way home. What better way to celebrate that 90th minute winner than a McNugget share box and a few tips with your mates? You channel your inner Ronald as you race to beat the muck delivery home, just making it an injury time. Ordering muck delivery is easy on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.